Welcome inside Generations Physical Therapy here in Hurricane, West Virginia. There were 20 years of service and now seven locations, including Charleston, Nitro, Winfield, Hurricane Milton, Barbersville, and Grayson, Kentucky. Give them a call, 304-760-5660, or check them out on the website, generationspt.com. Episode number nine here on the Biscuits, Brews, and Ball podcast. Jack with you alongside Brian England here at the Generations Physical Therapy Studios in Hurricane, West Virginia. And tonight we've got a very, very special guest all the way from Long Island, New York. It is New York. Kimmy, Kim Smee, the legendary Coach Smee, not the other one. No. We got the real one. The real one. It's the real deal here tonight. The head honcho. The boss. That's right. So, Kim, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. You can talk into the mic a little bit. Talk into it more. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody wants to hear what you're going to say tonight. So, this is going to be awesome. But it's great to have you here on the podcast. Uh, I've heard a lot about you. Awesome. (laughs) Good. (laughs) Good, the bad. Mostly good. Yeah. I met you at a UC basketball game one time. You did? I think it was the state game, but it was very, very brief. Okay. I think we were, like, running back and forth to get Chick-fil-A sandwiches. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah, definitely getting Chick-fil-A sandwiches <laughs> if you're with Daniel. <laughs> Funny thing. Does he like Chick-fil-A? Oh, dude loves Chick-fil-A. Does he? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, he, he doesn't share either. What I was going to say, he came up on a broadcast. Um, we were doing a women's UC soccer game one night, and he came on with me, and he was kind of fashionably late. But anyway, he came up and had like two Chick-fil-A sandwiches. I'm like, dude, brought me a sandwich. Because <laughs> I can see him walking through. And um, comes up, never offers one. And the whole time he's sitting there eating a sandwich in the mic. Like, <laughs> and I'm like, dude, this is killing me. <laughs> But, yeah, he loves Chick-fil-A sandwich. But, Kim, it's good to have you here tonight. Uh, I know you just came from practice. Yep, two sessions. Yep, soccer practice. And you are the executive director of the West Virginia Football Club. They spell football wrong, don't they? They spell it like the Brazilian-Spanish way. Yeah. should be football. I'm I'm kidding. Yeah. Yeah. Football. Football. Football, yeah. So... She's got a projector voice. Come on. Yeah. Now, are you that quiet during no, practice? I've no. heard her hush voice. Yeah. I'm a little hoarse right now, but. And I'm she's from not, Long Island. Nobody's, from, quiet. nobody's yeah. quiet from Long Island. <laughs> exactly. Whole thing. All right, I'll be a little louder. <laughs> but um, tell us about uh, your position as the executive director at the West Virginia Football Club. So, executive directors over the entire club. Um, so, day to day operations. Um, gosh. Coaching assignments, budgets, fields, tournament selections, um, more like elite player identification, um, creating opportunities for the, we would say, stronger players in our club that need more. Um, co- I don't know if I said this already. Coaching assignments, coaching development, session planning, um, a little bit of everything. Recruitment, marketing, registrations. Sounds like you do it all. Yeah. yeah, sounds like a head head basketball coach at a high school. Yeah, yeah. Except uh, in this club, how many players are in the West Virginia Football Club? Over on the southern end. On our end, I think we're close to three hundred. Three hundred, yeah. A couple hundred up north, right? Yeah, yeah. So a lot of a lot of kids playing soccer. Yeah. So there's one up north. We have a branch in the Panhandle, okay. um, and the, uh, it's like the Martinsburg area. So okay. they're under our WFC umbrella. I got you. Yep. So you guys just had a big event. We did. Tell us about the Capital Cup. Yeah, so it was our fourth, technically our third, fourth year of it. We lost a year with COVID. Right. Um, and we brought, were able to bring in 181 teams uh, from four or five different states um, over three days. I mean... It was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Weather was great. Uh, we had some interesting weather on Saturday. We had sun, <laughs> rain, hail, sleet, All four snow, seasons, yeah. Lightning, thunder. Everything. And then we had 70 and sunny on Sunday. 
So we en- we ended on a good note. Yeah. But it was a long day on Saturday. What's it? I mean, that's a big event. Yeah. Um, what's it take as far as sponsorship? Um, Everything. Yeah. Uh, we had a ton of sponsors from the community. Gave anywhere from, I mean, what would be considered small, but it, it's not really that small. Yeah. To pretty significant uh, donations. The Charleston Visitors Bureau gets involved just because it helps them fill hotel rooms, restaurants, the mall. Um, there's a good economic impact, so they they get behind us. Yeah. Um, State University helped. We were able to get, um, I'm sure you know, there's a referee shortage nationwide, so we didn't even have enough referees to hold an event of this size. Um, but uh, some of the rec clubs, some of the rec leagues pitched in money, WFC pitched in money, and we were able to get 60-something referees certified through the University of Charleston men's and women's programs. So, I mean, it, it took a lot, but it really was like the whole community was involved in this. I did see some pictures of uh, some UC, I believe it was a women's team, that were referees. Yeah. Is that what you're talking about then? Yeah. yeah. Men's and women's. Men's both, and women's. But referees. Oh, okay. Um, the ones that didn't, some of them didn't get their background checks for international clearance. They were field marshals. They were concession stand workers. They were any, pretty much anywhere we needed them to be. So it was pretty awesome. How many volunteers would you think for this event? That is a question for the um, volunteer coordinator. We had 100. And, wow. 120. It's a big title. <laughs> well, prior to the UC kids young adults coming we had 110 but if you add the uc uh, players men's and women's we had over 130 uh yeah volunteers and we needed every one of them to get it done so the uc's involvement with this tournament was huge uh, not just <clears throat> obviously refereeing but field marshals uh runners concession stand you know anything that they needed and that's uh Got to give a big shout-out to Coach Me and the woman's coach uh, at UC. Todd Duguid. Todd Duguid. And, um, it's not spelled good, do good though. <laughs> yeah. So. It's spelled the same way forward as it is backwards. I don't know if you knew that. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it was a big event. Um, and just being new to the board of directors and seeing um, Kim in action from, you know, the planning of this, you know, little over or less than a year ago to now or to this past weekend um, people don't know all that it takes to pull off an event like that and then all that she did to make sure that it was going to be successful you know and so those are the things that uh, uh, nobody really sees you know with an event like that so and it's amazing for our state it's amazing for the Canal Valley I mean other than regionals and president's cup we don't have an event that big in any sport no it's the second biggest event to regionals yep. and regionals is composed of like 10 or 11 states yeah <laughs> so it's pretty pretty amazing the economic impact this is just what i wish that our listeners could understand is what kim and the people involved pulled off um was tremendous for the local economy the amount of hotels that were booked, the amount of restaurants that were visited, yeah. you know, uh, was amazing. And um, so that that's the kind of stuff that I think needs, you know, light needs to be shed on that uh, because as the tournament grows, there'll be more impact, and I think we foresee it growing. So Absolutely. 200 teams next year. Yeah. <laughs> you had 181 this year? Yeah. So we were calculating earlier before you got here. We're not very good at math, but anyway. We, we kind of projected or guessed over 1,500 players. If an average of eight. So yeah, you we were kind of taking up average because I know some yeah. your older, your younger teams have less players than, than the yeah. older. But, yeah, that's quite Would a you think eight? Kids. you think average of eight? I was going to say 10 maybe because yeah. older ages so carry like 18 usually. Like well, we said 1,500-plus kids. Yeah. yeah, we were just talking about on field. Yeah, on the field. Oh, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So, yeah, we're – yeah, it's definitely – it's probably over – Definitely over 2,000. Yeah. And then figure, I mean, each Famous. of them brought a parent, mm-hmm. a kid probably. I mean, there's probably yeah. four or 5,000 people at the complex this weekend. Yeah. Easy to find parking probably. <laughs> mm-hmm. That was another uh, <laughs> mission in itself to get completed. But we did it. Some long walks from state, some yeah. long walks from the pitch, but we made it work. Yeah. Do they plan on expanding Shawnee any? Have they you just, heard? 
they just sodded two grass fields. Yeah, they flattened out and then they sodded over there in the yeah. corner. So those fields weren't ready in time for the event. Okay. Um, so luckily, state gave us their turf field, which was a huge addition, especially with the weather we had. We were able to move some grass games onto the turf. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you I, guys utilized the baseball fields too, right? We used every inch of the baseball fields that we could. Mm-hmm. One field had three games going at once, and the rest of them had two games going at once, one in the outfield, one in the infield. Yeah. I've so. never been to a soccer event like that, so I'm just kind of. Next year, you're coming. You're gonna, actually, you're probably going to volunteer. I'm volunteering <laughs> yeah. next year. We'll put you on parking. As a referee. <laughs> you can ref if you want. Yeah. Uh, Kim, tell us a little bit about life in Long Island growing up. What was it like growing up in New York? Because in the South, I mean, I grew up in North Carolina lived in West Virginia, what, 15 years now. Jack's a West Virginia born and bred. So um, we don't quite understand or know what life was like in New York other than what we see on TV. Um, So what is it? So now that I've moved away from New York, um, I just think New Yorkers are hilarious. Like when I came here, I'd always tell everybody, we're not like what you see on TV, blah, 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 blah. And then when I go back to New York, I'm like, my mom is... The like Marie from Everybody Loves Raymond. Like they're just they're just <laughs> loud. Fun. yeah, loud, stereotypical. Um, but I grew up in the suburbs of Long Island. Um, I grew up on like a coastal town. So we I mean I had a beach in my town. There's canals that run through it. It's very like Long Island's um uh, I would the I guess wealth disparity on Long Island is crazy. Mm-hmm. So a lot of like the coastal towns are just very like blue collar working, normal. Yeah. I mean, I grew up in the suburbs. Um, I mean, very similar to here. Friday night football games. Um, just the landscape was a little bit different. But I mean, I grew up in a small town. Yeah. Um, what was soccer? I mean, you were playing soccer as a kid. Yeah, it was. Uh, was it big up there? Huge. Okay. Yeah. Um, so like. For example, we have to leave the state of West Virginia to get most games in just because, like, you can have your entire age group in the state. You can only have, like, maybe four competitive travel teams. Um, Even, like, for a state cup level team, like a U18 team in West Virginia can just be deemed state cup champions because there's no other team in the state your age. Okay. Um, In New York, it's almost like the Open Cup in soccer. So, like, so when I grew up, there was divisions. You had divisions one through ten. So figure there's, what, 10 teams in a division. So there's 100 teams in your age group just on Long Island. Um, and then you had, like, Region 1 Premier, then you had Northeast Region Premier. So then that's when you started to, like, leave the island a little bit. But it was promotion relegation style. So, like, the top three teams moved up to division, bottom three teams moved down a division. Um, and then State Cup, you would – the lower divisions, like divisions, like, 4 through 10, would play each other, weed each other out, and then, like, the higher teams would start to enter the competition – so State Cup in New York is like a six-month ordeal where you Jeez. just have to start knocking each other out. Yeah. West Virginia, we do it in a weekend. Um, <laughs> so it was, I mean, growing up on Long Island, I didn't have to leave Long Island until I was probably like 12 or 13 years old. Um, I probably didn't even have to travel more than like half an hour from my hometown. So it was a big difference when I moved here, just in just the population of kids that play it. Yeah. But probably from when I first came here as a freshman to now, um, I mean, a ton of kids play soccer now, I, I think. Is that, is that due to clubs like your all's? Um, I just – I think soccer's growing nationwide. Yeah. Um, I think kids – more kids are watching and, like – I mean, it was, like, the Tom Brady's. They used to love the Tom Brady's, but now they love, like, the Messi's, the Neymar's, the Ronaldo's. I just think it's becoming a little bit more popular. Smee's. The sm- <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't put him on that pedestal. I wasn't putting him. I, don't know, I was putting you on there. <laughs> what? Uh, so growing up playing soccer, you know, when did it click with you? You realized I actually love this game. Like, when did you realize? Like, because we all start playing a sport, and it's like our parents put us in it, you know. And eventually, Piano. somewhere, yeah. I mean, we did everything right, but yeah. eventually, you figure out that you really love something. And when did you figure that out? Um. Honestly, I just loved to play soccer. Like, I used to play on, like, my older I – would, I would stay after and train with, like, my older brother's team. I would stay with my dad when he coached my little brother, and I would play with them. I played up two years, so then I played, like, on my travel team two years up, and I played on, like, the team my age. Like, I would just play on whatever team would have me. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to, like, intramurals at school. You could go early. 
and play soccer and I would go at like 7 a.m. till 8 a.m. before school and play in like fifth grade like I just could not get enough soccer and I was at all nice. and then it probably got to the time where you know I was dancing I was running track I was playing soccer and my parents were like mm-hmm. this is a lot um, do you like one more than the other and I was like yeah it's a no-brainer so I quit dance um, and I only did lacrosse and soccer in high school gotcha so lacrosse is cool yeah. Are you doing the lacrosse games yet? No. No. <laughs> no. My son played lacrosse here locally in high school, but uh, women's lacrosse and men's lacrosse totally different sports. Yeah. I mean, so no, I'm not. That's that should be your next one. <sighs> I don't know. <laughs> they keep asking me. Do they? Yeah. I kind of like <laughs> ignore them. <laughs> not I'm, not that I have anything against lacrosse. It's just I don't know, but. Hey, I'm doing volleyball, so. <laughs> you can only do so much. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and I love volleyball now. I mean, it's an exciting sport. Do you do baseball? Oh, yeah. Okay, That's I his love. Like, That's his first love. I feel like baseball probably takes up a lot of the spring. Baseball's my sport. Yeah. yeah. And softball. Kind of the same, but, yeah. Big baseball games coming up this weekend. I got four of them. Who is it UC? UC. Who yeah. do they play? Uh, Davis and Elkins. Okay. So. They just took three out of four from Wesleyan last weekend. So. They're pretty good, the UC team, I think. Yeah, they are. Yeah. So let's hopefully they can take four from D&E. And Jack takes them to the next level. <laughs> yeah. It's all about me. Yeah. It's all about Jackie. <laughs> so um, you start you start playing soccer in high school, and you get to the point where you realize that you may want to play in college. Um, talk to us a little bit about your journey into college soccer and and how in the heck did you end up at uc charleston west virginia from long island um well there's a funny story to it but i just knew that i always wanted to leave new york like i didn't look anywhere in new york when i was recruited not in any of the state schools i just was like i want to get out um a lot of virginia schools a lot of north carolina schools just want to go south somewhere um i was talking to the college of charleston and then I tore ligaments in my ankle my junior year, so I missed most of probably, like, the most crucial part of recruiting for a girl soccer player. Um, and I went to a showcase, my first showcase back. I saw that in this was before there was, like, any recruiting. Like, you just saw, like, a list somewhere, and you were like, I'm going to contact these schools. And it was University of Charleston, not College of Charleston. Um, so I set up a, vi- uh, sent, I think, like a game film. They really liked the way I played, invited me down for a visit um, for a like, uh, maroon and gold day to earn, like, additional scholarship dollars. They're both maroon. Yeah. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. <laughs> You're making me feel a little bit better now. <laughs> um, so we get in the car, and back when, like, you know, you had the GPSs, uh, my dad puts the address in, and he's like, this is uh, West Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> you were getting in the car. Yep. Like, 4 o'clock in the morning. And that's when you realize, wait, this is not... The school that I thought I was going to. Charleston, yeah. South Carolina. This is Charleston, West Virginia. Yep. What a revelation. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and my parents had, like, never left New York before. So, like, mm. bringing them to so West So, at 4 Virginia. o'clock in the morning, you're like, okay, we're going to the wrong school that I thought. Yeah. What's your dad saying? Uh, get on the phone right now with the coach. So, we got on the road for, like, a like, couple hours. As we know, I have to, like, head this way. Some, I mean, south at least. Right. We'll find a school day. Yeah, and as soon as it gets to like a normal hour, I call the coach and I was like, just confirming this is the address. He's like, yep, what's your ETA? I was like, oh my God. A lot earlier than it was going to be. <laughs> I was like, well, we're going to West Virginia. And I had a, I mean, I had a great time. And it was, it was Todd Duguid, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was when they used to have the UC soccer tournament there. They used to do an indoor tournament at the, like, the downstairs and the upstairs gym. Yeah. So they had the recruits play during, like, one of the breaks. Um, I mean, we had so much fun. Yeah. And as soon as we pulled out of campus, my dad was like, I think you're going to go to this school. And he and I was like, you think? And then the more my process went along, I just was like, I still enjoyed, my like, my time there the most. Yeah. All right. So you went and visited other schools? Mm-hmm. What did you visit? I visited Siena. Mm-hmm. Well, that's upstate New York, so right. I guess I did, like, out of New York school. Um, I visited Virginia Wesleyan, Virginia Beach area. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to Iona, upstate New York again. I guess yeah. I lied about that one. Um, I can't remember. Washington and Lee, maybe? 
Okay. Pittsburgh area. I've no. There's one in Virginia. Oh, Washington. over there. Yeah. Over in uh, beside BMI. BMI. Yeah. Yeah. It's an all women's college, isn't it? Yep. Learn that. Learn that when I got there too. Yeah. <laughs> it's like right there by BMI. Yeah. So, but yeah, but uh, so what made you choose University of Charleston? Um, my recruiting class was a lot of fun. Um, the girl that I was on the recruiting trip with was actually my maid of honor at my wedding. So me okay. and her hit it off like right away. I was like, this girl is so much fun. She's awesome. Um, I liked the team. I liked that I could see myself work. Like I wouldn't be a four-year bench warmer at the level. Like I thought I could actually play to some degree. Um, I met the business school director and I thought he was amazing. So it, it kind of fit like every socially, academically, athletically. It was a good fit for me. Did you ever have any aspirations of playing Division One? I? I did, um, but I wasn't really that hung up on like the idea of it. Mm-hmm. I just just wanted to play somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> it seems like even I mean, and I'm really far removed from soccer, real soccer, like you guys. But um, it seems like Division One and Division Two college soccer is not far off from each other no um i mean you're like top programs in division one yeah but like the middle like the small division ones are probably similar to uc level i mean a competitive d2 is probably the same similar competition level as like a small d1 of course your husband's team went down there and kicked the crap out of the defending division one champions yeah so I'm just stating facts. <laughs> I'm not saying kick the crap. I, maybe I'll. They didn't kick the crap out of. I them, will but, plead the fifth on that. But one. they did defeat them. Yeah. And yeah. they went up and tied the VU. Yeah, like two days later. Yeah. And they were yeah. Only, they quick were only turnaround. Like, they were only like three days into their preseason as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, but that's what I'm saying. Yeah. And University of Charleston men's team is one of the elite Division two programs in in the nation. Yeah, I mean, def- so, I mean, that's why I say it's not very far off. Yeah. I mean, they consistency over the last 10 years is like incredible. Yeah. <laughs> to do to do it for that long. Right. So, yeah, I would say. So, um you go through your career uh at the University of Charleston and it's pretty a, good career too. Yeah. Uh first team all conference, right? MEC back then or was it WVAC? Her senior year was uh, MEC, wasn't it? My first year, yeah. 2013. I was, not to brag, but I was the... uh, Freshman of the year. Freshman of the year. Nice. I was four-time all-conference, three-time all-region. Yeah, she was. Awesome. And um, you guys... Don't let me me tell you otherwise. (laughs) That's where she gets the legendary status. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) So, um, obviously, phenomenal career at the University of Charleston. (laughs) And um, I think it goes without saying, um, you're connection with that school will always be there no matter what yeah and so um that leads you into a coaching career right so tell us how you got started into coaching soccer uh so the first bit of coaching i ever did i think i was like a freshman or a sophomore in college and todd called me into his office and he said um one of our like connections at the university a friend of mine his daughter wants to do privates. Would you be interested in doing a private? And I was like, what's a private? <laughs> this is like 10 years ago. He was like, she'll pay you to do one-on-one training with his daughter. And I was like, oh, heck yeah, that's amazing. I was like NIL back before NIL. <laughs> well, she was like 10 years old at the time. Um, so I started doing privates with her once a week. And then um, oddly enough, she plays at Flagler now. And she played in the Final Four when you see it. Down in Jacksonville? Uh, I think that's where St. Flag. Augustine. St. Augustine, that's right. Yeah, yeah sorry. So I was able to watch her in the final four when UC was up there. So awesome. it kind of was like a full circle kind of thing. So I did privates throughout college and then started doing like, I was the assistant coach for Kevin Long when he was at Marshall. And I was Petsa's assistant. Um, they coached in the same age group and then they would split the teams up and I would help assist them uh, both. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I got my first head coaching job, which was who is currently our 05 girls, but they were, like, U9 at the time. They're 17 now. Um, that was my, my first, like, head coaching job at WFC. Then I took on another team, which was, like, the 98s. I think that was Mary's team. And then I thought that I was going to 
age them out and only have one team again. And then somebody asked me if I wanted to be the academy director. <laughs> so I thought I was going to go from less coaching and I ended up right. taking up taking on more. So. And now, um, on top of being executive director, how many teams are you coaching? I have three age groups, usually four teams. All right. Jeez. Yeah, she's that's, why busy. My, that's why my voice sounds like this. Yeah, she's busy. <laughs> um, so you mentioned WFC. Um, obviously, uh, it's not a new club, but it's newer in the grand scheme of, of youth sports in the Canal Valley. So talk about um, WFC and how it came to existence and um, <clears throat> when you first got involved and how it's changed from when you first got involved to today. Um, so WFC came about, I wasn't – on board yet but the history of it is that there were two clubs in the Kanawha Valley the Rowdies and Chaos Chaos mm -hmm. and they were always like vying for the exact same players um always competitive in certain age groups and they pretty much just felt like if we come together I, I ideally we would have the strongest kids in the area playing under one club mm -hmm. um so that's what they did and that was probably like almost 10 years ago now maybe um but when they came together, it was mostly just like a bunch of independent teams playing under the same club. Yeah. Um, and I think that's probably the biggest transformation is now I feel like all the teams like know each other. They've got like a good bond with each other. The different age groups support each other. I think like the club culture, I think, has improved a lot just from being like a bunch of independent teams right. to just like truly being a club. Yeah. The, up, the older groups. You guys draw from more than just this area, right? Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah. You, like girls from Morgantown come down? No, uh, Beckley, Parkersburg. Okay. Um, some like a little bit past Huntington, I would say. Okay. Um, I mean, like Ripley. So it's not just the Canal Valley, but right. um, Point Pleasant. That's pretty, I mean, just like an hour away from here. Yeah. But I mean, kudos to those kids because they do it two or three times a week. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's commitment. Yeah. Just just oh, kids yeah. from West Virginia? For the most part, yeah. I mean, you've yeah. got a couple of Ohio kids that are on that border. Um, but, yeah, I would say, like, I mean, an overwhelming majority, majority are West Virginia. Yeah. Yeah. Over your time uh, with WFC, um, we've had some probably some players move on and go to college. Um, you know, Jack was asking me before the – the episode here, you know, what, what kind of, uh, how many players, you know, end up going to college? Can you think of any off the top of your head of, of players that have, have moved on, whether it be D2, D3, DNAIA, or, or D1 um, from WFC? Oh, a ton. Oh, yeah, a yeah. ton. Um, I mean, off the top of my head, I've got like 10. Uh, we've got like Mills Mullen. She's currently at Center College. She's absolutely killing it. Um, she's studying abroad right now. She was like player of the year. She played at Charleston Catholic. She did play at Charleston okay. Catholic. Yeah. Um, her sister's playing in there now. Lindsay's a freshman. Oh, sorry. Sarah Carr, who I mentioned was at Flagler. Mm -hmm. Her sister Lindsay's playing at center with Mills. Um, we have Solomon Clark at Radford. We have Bryce Coleman at uh, Bellerman. I mean, Max Trethaway is up at WU. We just have Ryan Holmes go to Marshall he actually started the game they played this weekend okay. I think he played 80 minutes for Marshall um I mean those are just from like right. spitballing but if we go back years and years I mean Mary's group mm -hmm. I think I only had two not go off to play in college from Mary's group um they all went on to play at a very high level d1 d2 yeah. so I mean I would say like of the graduating class on the girl side, I think we send more off to college. I think girls are more apt to just go play at whatever level they can. Mm -hmm. um, but I mean, even from the boys side this year, we just had Carson Eckley commit to West Virginia Wesleyan. We had Hayden Johnson commit to Shepherd. So, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of them. So, if you're a youth soccer um, parent, you've never had any experience with travel soccer, and there's a stigma around travel sports, whether it be baseball or basketball there is travel football there is travel football that is yeah, the most crazy. absurd thing i've ever heard but anyways <laughs> travel travel football uh soccer or baseball whatever um you know and there's we use the term loose so loosely you know travel aau or whatever you know and it's kind of cheapened it a little bit and i try to tell people it's not the same you know everybody can put a travel team in but 
if you're a parent who's never had any experience with travel soccer and you've, their kids played rec and you're having like hesitation like am i going to get too serious too quick talking about academy ages you know is it even fun for the kids like what would you say to bring a player in that's in third grade that's all they played as rec or fourth grade all they've played as rec to kind of ease the fears of a, of a rec player that's never played with a club like wfc um, I think our club structure does a really good job of providing opportunities for, like, all interests, all levels. Um, and, I mean, financially, we've never turned a kid away because of the cost of travel sports. Yeah. Um, I think that our coaches do a phenomenal job with the youth ages, like our academy coaches. The kids always, to me, look like they're having a, fa- like, a great time. Yeah. Um, they're laughing, they're learning, energy is good. Um, so I think anybody who's would be curious about joining a travel club, um, we always tell them to come down first before they register, before they sign anything, um, see if they like it. And if they like it, then we encourage them to sign up. And yeah. more often than not, the kids enjoy it when they come down. So, yeah, you know, and I can, you know, speak from experience with my daughter, Caroline, you know, we, we, we joined when she was seven and, um, it was to one of those deals where um i knew that she needed to get her feet wet in it but we committed to just doing trainings and friendlies and stuff you know and that's that's the good i think there's a little bit of everything for everybody in the club you know we just did the trainings for an entire year you know uh, spring and fall or spring and a fall season did some stuff at shawnee and, and trace fork and like local things and um you know, until she realized that it was something that she could do and, and have build up a little confidence. And so I think that's to ease the fears of, of people like, you know, coming out of rec, WFC provides that, you know, in, intermediate stage, I think. Um, and now you guys are in the thick of it. Yeah, yeah, we're, yeah. Now we, you know, Caroline's volunteer Col- director. Columbus crew games, volunteer coordinator. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's fun though, um, and I think from my standpoint as a board member, but also as a parent, first, um, this club, uh, and I've said it before publicly on social media, but this club does it the right way, um, and it provides opportunities for kids not only to develop as soccer players but as people and um, have fun while doing it. And what I love about Kim is she provides a perfect balance of sternness <clears throat> and let, hey let's pay attention it's time to stop clowning around and then also like hey this is we're having a blast you know so like there's a balance when you're dealing with 10 year olds yeah you know and um i think that's what youth sports are all about you know so and it's got to be somewhat rewarding because or you wouldn't be doing it and wouldn't be coaching 14 so yeah yeah, yeah honestly like it's like the worst day coaching is still I think the best day I've ever had in any office job. <laughs> so, yep, there you go. And she's had the opportunity to see girls go from the younger ages, like she just said, that the, the young lady that's playing at Center Center College now. Right? Yeah, Center Flagler. And yeah. she's seen she's seen that progression. And I mean, as a coach, that's got to be pretty rewarding to yeah. see to see a girl that you saw when she was little get to a certain point and still love the game and still playing it at you know and competing at a high level and that kind of stuff. I'll so. Say, if you've done women's soccer games, one of the other first people I coached was Katie O'Reilly. Okay. Yeah. So Katie, Sydney, Kate Eddie, all of those girls uh, were with the club at one point, and they were all on the same travel team. Yeah. So. Yeah, okay. So now I get to watch them play when I go to the UC games. Yeah. I enjoy it. I really do. Yeah. I enjoy women's soccer more than men. Yeah, that started at Winfield. <laughs> yeah. When I grew up. That's where I cut my teeth on When he cut soccer. his teeth on soccer and he realized Hoff. the women were a little tougher at that point in time <laughs> yeah. than the men. Hey. hey. Uh, men fall down, they sit there, and they just whine about it. <laughs> Girls, they get they get hit. They remember that. They remember that girl that hit them. Yeah. We Boys were, expect the call. And yeah. So when they don't get it, they're whining. Yeah. Girls don't really expect the call. If they get it, they're like, all right, cool. Yeah. And I, I've also watched Mary Lawman get revenge on a lot of girls so <laughs> she's knocked a few girls that was a treat she's a beast oh my gosh yeah she was awesome to watch but uh i think we're too serious right now let's let's change uh subjects here uh but that was good but uh <laughs> let's talk about mr Schmee and how you guys met 
because he played soccer at West Virginia Wesleyan. You were mm-hmm. at University of Charleston. I can just picture it right now. You guys were playing Wesleyan that night. Is that how it happened? No. Oh, <laughs> she said no. Not that romantic. No. So he played for Wesleyan boys team who always lost to UC. Oh, they did. I played for UC who always lost to Wesleyan. Okay. So we're just a losing couple, I guess. But we uh, <laughs> we have like the same memories of every single thing in college, but we were just on complete opposite ends of it. Like my mom gave me like a bin recently of like all my high school and college accolades, and she's like, well, "Now you have a house; it's all yours." And we were going through like the game day programs, and um, like Smee's name was in the same program. Yeah. Because we, I guess, played a doubleheader that day. So, like, we were at the same things a lot, but we had no idea. We didn't meet oh. until, like, years later. So you didn't even recognize him? No. I couldn't place him. At, like, And apparently I'd met him. He's going to kill me. <laughs> apparently I'd met him, like, summer before when he was playing for Chaos. Don't remember. Dude. Yeah. What are we going to do? <laughs> so how did you guys end up meeting? Yeah. Did he not tell you guys this? We didn't talk about how y'all met. No, we didn't talk about how. No. Uh We met at Hooters. (laughs) Canal City Hooters? Yes, I was not working there. I feel like you You were a Hooters girl. (laughs) No. Here we go. Now it's getting juicy. No. It was the closest wings to UC, I'm sure. Yes. Yeah, Yeah. okay. I get it. Him, Sean Teepin, who used to coach at UC, and one of our other friends, Jeff Green, who played football at UC. I guess he just moved to town, and I guess this became, like, their weekly wing night thing. And Tipa just called me one day and was like, what are you doing tonight? And I said, I'm at the gym, but, what, like, what are you doing? He said, my friend just moved to town. Um, we, like, we think, like, whatever. We wanted to invite you over. So I came, like, from the gym, went to Hooters, met me, and we were friends for a, a bit first before we started dating. So, but, yeah, he loves to tell people that we met in Hooters. <laughs> he didn't know. He didn't tell us that. No. Sh- I'm shocked. <laughs> he did not. It never came up. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. So you dated, and obviously his career as a coach started progressing at UC, or did he go somewhere else while you were dating? Yeah. He. Uh, when we started dating, he took a job at Lee's McRae yeah. in North Carolina. That's he right. Did, he he was, told us about that. He was Even, there for a season. Yep. Yeah. Then his visa Ran, was running was out. Running out. Yeah, he went home. Yeah. He went to Wesleyan for a semester i think was a volunteer assistant um they kind of something with his visa they didn't fill it out correctly so he had to go home for like six six to eight months i think he was gone for yeah and then he came back to uc as a goalkeeper coach (laughs) um then he was full-time assistant to head coach all within like three years three years yeah there were maybe four i think he was 2017, yeah, four years probably. Okay, so he comes back to the United States. So, and you're still hanging around Charleston, right? We, we dated the whole time he was gone. I visited England. Okay, you started dating before yes. he left. Yeah, we were dating for like a year at that point. Okay. So then he leaves. Mm-hmm. You guys keep dating, and then he comes back. When's it get serious? I think we were serious before he left. We were living together. Okay. But I don't think either of us were ready to get married or anything like that. So then we were like, well, if we can handle distance, I think after that, we know. So probably like right when he got back, I think we just were like, this is it. Yeah. What (laughs) year was this? 2016 or 17, maybe. Okay. I'm just trying to figure out the years here. Yeah. I should know this, but I don't. What year did you get married? Uh, 2021. There you go. Officially. It wasn't too long ago. No. <laughs> I say we've been engaged for like three or four years yeah. with COVID, so. Yeah. So you married an Englishman. Um, I mean, I'm sure you dated Americans in high school and college and stuff, but like, what was it like? What's it like being married to someone from England? Um, it's a lot of fun. I mean, going over there obviously is awesome um just culturally and just spending time in a different country is amazing um but english people are very similar to americans at least his family is very similar to my family so it wasn't that big of a difference i think they're funnier you said long islanders are funnier i think i think englishmen are funnier yeah that's my experience with them (laughs) 
I mean, every time they they make me laugh. Good banter, is what they would say. <laughs> they make me laugh. I was going to bring you guys a, a Yorkshire pudding, but... Oh, he was, yeah, bragging, yeah. About, he was bragging about that. <laughs> yeah, I remember. But I didn't have time he for that. He couldn't describe it, though, to us. A week from Sunday. Bring Yorkshire pudding? Correct. Okay. Yeah. I can do it in a week. Okay. I don't know what a week we're, from we're Sunday is. We're having a, a get-together, which you're invited, um, <laughs> to uh, the tap... Little WFC. Um, Repping it right now. That's right. Yeah, I got to rep it. See? <laughs> uh, we're going to have a little WFC get together, private event. Um, so, yeah. Coaches and. Need a bartender, don't you? We've got those. <laughs> well, we're good. Just trying to make some extra money. But she can come <laughs> and try the Yorkshire pudding because apparently Kim's going to bring some. I'm going to hold her to that. Daniel coming? Yeah. All right. I'm in. Yeah. Sold. Yeah. So. Um, <laughs> On the long, along the lines of food, because um, this is the uh, biscuits, and that kind of encompasses the food part yeah. of the podcast. We love food. Um, <laughs> Jack and I love to eat. Apparently, Daniel's loving some sm- uh, food lately. I saw where he posted. What did he post? Something about you suggested uh, you bought him a slim shirt or slim pants and regular, <laughs> and just in case he didn't fit into these slims. He used to work on his fitness, according to Kim. I don't know why he does this to himself. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. He called me today to see if I could bring him dress clothes. And I was holding up the two shirts going, this one's a slim fit. This one's a regular fit. Let me just bring both. Bring both. <laughs> I don't know where he's at. I don't right want to do that to him if he gets there. I only brought him a slim fit. It doesn't fit. Multiple trips to the red carpet can sometimes expand the waistline. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, Chick-fil-A, too. Yeah, Chick-fil-A, for yeah. sure. Um, all right, so obviously you guys have been around Charleston for many years. Um, what's one place you've eaten in the last few months that you could suggest for any listener that you would like, that you like, or that mm. in the last few years anyways? My bougie restaurant choice is 1010. Okay. But that's something like that's a that's an occasion like we right. took my parents there for thanksgiving and i don't think we've been back since but the food there is really good yeah and then we're just like a basic like a pies and pints on like a sunday yeah that's like our go-to order usually you cook yeah okay well when i'm not coaching i right. cook let me clarify <laughs> it's hard I'm to cook sure. when you're busy in it yeah if yeah. you're at the field like four nights a week i don't cook do you not i microwave but i don't cook <laughs> No, I'll take that back. We don't. We do not cook. My the wife goes cooks. out of town a lot, so Bogies cooks for us. Yeah, and I cooked the other day. What did I cook? Just kidding. Laura cooked some. No, I grilled out pork she chops. Cooked. That's what I did. She's listening. So. <laughs> That's why I corrected myself. I was like, um, <laughs> when I have time. Yeah. <laughs> so Brit ten ten. That's up on Bridge Road. Yeah. yeah you know that used to be a hardware store. No. I worked there in the college. Did you? Yeah. It was a hardware store. Now it's a really fancy restaurant. It is. Yeah. <laughs> if there's one dish that yep. you could get there every time, what would it be? Um, they have. I think it's like the ten ten sirloin. It's just like good cut of meat and vegetables nice. and medium rare. Yeah. Good. She's a winner. <laughs> yeah, we do not eat beef jerky. We can no. go to the gas station and get beef jerky. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. my go-to. We need some pink. Yeah, for sure. Favorite beer. I prefer cider, so I'm more like a okay. good cider person. That'll work. Yeah. I drank beer all through college, so. Transition. <laughs> Transition to cider now. Matured. Yeah. <laughs> well, we always have a cider on at the tap, at least one. Um, typically, it's an ace, but sometimes we venture out. They have, like, so. the pear cider. And, like, pear the and pineapple. Yeah. And, yeah, different things like that. So, speaking of alcohol, Alan... Oh who was named after one of the great English soccer players of all time, Alan Shear. Just recently celebrated his one year of being sober. Uh, for those that don't know, Alan is a black lab. Chocolate lab. A chocolate lab. <laughs> Tell us about how this journey uh, has been for him um, over the last year and how that all started. Congratulations, though, Alan. It's just something like you never, <laughs> two things I never thought I would say. You need to come home because your dog is drunk. And then. <laughs> Congratulations on being one year sober. <laughs> but yeah. So what happened? Did you get in your one? Yeah, cap, yeah, Capital Cup this time last year. 
uh, UC had just won their regular season. Because it was in the spring. Because it was uh-huh. in the spring. <laughs> so th- their whole career was out celebrating. I was working Capital Cup. Um, I come home. I let the dog out. I don't actually go in the house yet. I just let him out, and he f- falls down, like, the uh, garage steps. So I just thought he was, like, you know, really excited to see me. Then we're outside throwing the ball around in the yard, and he's, like, missing the ball by, like, feet. And I'm like, <laughs> all right. He's a little off right now. And, <laughs> He's running around in the grass, tipping over, like, <laughs> literally can't stand. So I call me, and I'm like, uh, I think he might have had a, he had a, two seizures, like, months before right. that. So I was like, he might have had a seizure while we're gone. He's, like, really out of it right now. So I'm like, all right. He's like, bring him inside. Bring him inside. And I actually, like, walk into the house, and there's just red wine all over the carpet. <laughs> just Did he get into the expensive boxed wine? Is there expensive? <laughs> I don't think there's expensive box one. <laughs> yeah. So the dog had drank. There was only like this much left in the entire bag. Yeah, dogs oh. don't know when to stop. No. Gosh. He outdid himself. So wow. he was drunk. We had to call poison control. They said just treat like a human. He's going to be hungover in the morning. <laughs> Get him as much water. Get him some coffee. We had to like block off the stairs. Maybe some Susie's biscuits. <laughs> 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 called me. I was like, I know you're out celebrating, but you need to come home because the dog is drunk. <laughs> like, drunk, drunk. That's the first I've ever heard of a dog being drunk. I mean, yeah. I have never had an experience. <laughs> That's hilarious. So, like, the next morning, what was it doing? So, the next morning, we got him up early and took him to Capital Cup to walk around the facility, and he was dragging. Like, he was, I'd imagine how I would be if someone got me up at 6 a.m. after drinking yeah. a box of wine. So... <laughs> Dogs, dogs get hangovers. Who knew? How old is he? He's like 18 or 19 months now. So he was only like... Oh, he was a pup. Yeah, he was a puppy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah. Like a true uh, English English lab. Yep. That's awesome. <laughs> he's a good dog, though, isn't he? Yeah, he's very good. Yeah. Yep. Other than that, like, if people, whenever I say he's a really good dog, people are like... But he got drunk. <laughs> He's got a past. Yeah. Besides the drinking, he's great. Jack, have you had any uh, anything good to eat here over the last week or two? I ate at the pitch yesterday. Did you? Yep. What'd you get? Um, I had lunch there. I had the uh, street tacos, the mahi-mahi, uh-huh. which I love fish tacos. Yep. Um, so that was really good. Um, no. Nope. Um, grilled out pork chops for me and the boys the other night. I love pork chops on the grill. Yeah. Uh, other than that, no. The normal? Yeah. Haven't had any biscuits lately. No biscuits? No. Um, talked to a guy that had a biscuit yesterday. Did you? <laughs> he was telling me about it. Awesome. So This podcast has led to converse, more conversations about biscuits than <laughs> I ever thought. I go out in public now. Let's see. I, I might have told this story, but I was at a high school game. And a guy that I didn't recognize just comes up to me and says, did you have a biscuit this morning? I'm like, oh, no. no, I did yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> I did. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, you love those biscuits, don't you? I'm like, yeah, I do. Yeah. I did hear that the Susie's biscuit is the best biscuit, right? Is that That's the consensus? Good. In my opinion, it is. Yeah. I used to live up on Montrose, off Circle mm-hmm. Avenue. So did I. Did you? Yeah. That was my first time eating Susie's. And yeah. it became a staple in our household. I had no idea it existed, but it's amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Of course, I live here in Taze Valley now, but I lived in, I grew up in South Charleston. Okay. And uh, we lived at the top of Montrose. Okay. But we moved here in 2010. So, but it's a fun, fun hill to live on. Yeah. So, but yeah, Susie's Biscuit, one of the best. Pretty and I'm not down in Tudors. Tudors is good too. Mm-hmm. But, uh, that's my favorite. The hometown biscuit. Yep. It's a big biscuit, too. It is. That's Susie's. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just ready for Yorkshire pudding. Me, too. I don't know what it is, but. I mean, I didn't know what it was either, and I didn't know what to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, do I put food on top of it? Do I? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was like, trying to explain it. It's like It's like a biscuit, but it's thin like a crepe. But I think that the there's like fat, like pretty much like you take the fat from if you make like a roast, yeah. You put that in the batter, and that's kind of what makes it like spongy. It's impossible to explain. Hmm. Yeah. All right. 
You just have to see for yourself. What's 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 it like? You, you talked about. You asked her what it's like living with Englishmen and being married. What's it like being married to a, a coach, another coach in soccer? Um, you guys like come home and after one of his games and you like tell him what you think. Depends on the game. Like I know when to just shut up. <laughs> they don't lose very many. <laughs> yeah, but even when they don't lose, if they, he doesn't it's not think they played the way they should play, yeah, he's in a bad mood. Like they could win six nothing and he's or six one and he'll be upset because they conceded a goal. Right. So I pick and choose my moments when I give my uh, opinion on the game. But it's easy. It's good because like we both work similar schedules. Mm-hmm. So it's not like I'm sitting at home at like four o'clock. Like where are you? Yeah. Because I'm usually home later than him. <laughs> Do you bounce ideas off each other? Yeah. Mostly, um, but we just work very different. Like, his view of what youth sports should be is just unrealistic, in my opinion. Like, he's just like, everyone should just go to the field and have a great time and, like, leave the kids alone let them play. And I'm like, yes, <laughs> that just doesn't happen. So your opinion right now doesn't help me. <laughs> um, and then, like, my opinion is... I played and coached in college, but they're just at such a higher level that yeah, yeah. I don't want to say that my opinion doesn't matter because, I mean, I've, I've said some things, and he's like, yeah, I never thought of it that way. But, I mean, his coaching staff and him, they've got they've got it down. Yeah, they're doing good. <laughs> yeah, they're a great group. I'm a big fan of Gary Ogilvy. Me too. I met Gary this weekend. He's <laughs> mm-hmm. a great guy. Yep. They're all awesome. Like, that's like the dream coaching staff, those guys. Yeah. So we asked Daniel this. Do you ever aspire to be any like at a higher level in coaching? No. I coached at UC for two seasons when I was a grad assistant. Um, but I personally like the development side of sports. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, like I love having like a team that's like a U eight and then by the end of the season you're like, Oh my gosh, look how far they've come in three months or they can actually pass the ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or like like you said, like mm-hmm. some girls that I coach and they're 10 years old are now signing like their um, NLIs. And th- that for me, I enjoy a lot more. Yeah. 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 So I'm happy where I am. Well, and that's, <clears throat> I think, one of the great things about the model for soccer, if it's done the right way, which it is across the country in many places, um, there is a premium put on development. Um, I've seen in other sports, it's more or less just let's see – how many games we can get in and pay all this money, make ourselves feel good at a travel tournament, whatever, whatever. But um, I've seen in soccer, you know, there's a reason to the rhyme. You know, there's a curriculum. Yeah. There's there's a foundation that's being built on. And I know that happens in many places across the country in, in elite clubs, you know, clubs that do it the right way. So um, that's what I like about it. Um, and that's obviously what she's passionate about. So, yeah. What's your next event? Big one. Uh, I would say the big, big one is State Cup. So we have like little events, like youth events leading up until then. But I think the travel teams trying to set their eyes on State Cup. Tell Jack, is it where's that at? Beckley at the YMCA down there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tell Jack about State Cup and then what comes after State Cup if you. Yeah. So there's different like tiers of events. So State Cup. There's State Cup, which advances you to regionals if you win. And if you don't advance or if you just opt out of that tournament, there's a second tier, I guess, of a regional tournament called President's Cup. So mostly all the teams at State Cup are vying to advance to regionals, which we're hosting this year. West Virginia is hosting regionals. At Shawnee? At Shawnee. How many states? Yeah. How many states? Um, Probably like 11, I think. 11 states. Has it been here before? Yeah. Okay. We've we've won the bid like a bunch of times. Okay. The state itself does a fantastic job at hosting. It's been down at Barbersville, yeah. even before Shawnee was yeah, built. Yeah, okay. it used to be, I think, strictly at Barbersville for the most yeah. part. So, yeah. it's. I mean, they're good competitions. My team went to New Jersey last year. Mm-hmm. My little U-12s made it all the way. And then uh, took them to Atlantic City. Nice. <laughs> like They had, a, they had like time of their life. So <laughs> it's, it's good, yeah. And then one of our teams didn't make it to regionals last year. So they advanced in President's Cup, and we actually had two teams make it to the finals, like the national finals for the second the second tier, I guess, event. So pretty good. Yeah. They got to go to Iowa. U-12 team, so that's a girls' team? Yeah. You coach boys? 
I have one boy senior. Okay. What age group is that? U11. U11. So this U12 team last year, pretty good. Yes. So we'll be seeing them in middle school and high school here shortly. Yeah. You'll yeah, have they a, should be middle school now. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think I have any Winfield girls. Yeah. Got a lot of Hurricane girls. A lot of Charleston girls. So they'll go on to like the GWs and. Mm-hmm. Um, capital. I don't think Catholic. I have any capitals. Catholic. I yeah. think I only have one Catholic. So mostly you'll see. South Charleston girls? No. Sorry. No, <laughs> <laughs> Maybe one day. Me, yeah, not just not right now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe one day. <laughs> so, still nervous? No, I feel much better. Awesome. Came into this nervous. I don't know why she was nervous. I don't know why either. Might be your ugly mug in the background. <laughs> hey, Charleston baseball jersey. There's nothing wrong with that. Scary. It's back when get, I had a beard. I was going to say, I feel like that's what I thought you were going to look like. <laughs> yeah, I shaved it off. <laughs> he does it at least twice a year. He'll he'll grow it out like that, and then he'll shave it. Yeah. So, yeah. Threw yeah. me off. It's been a pattern. Sorry. It's okay. I probably had a beard when I think you did. we briefly met. At the, at the basketball yeah. game, yeah. Yeah. I go undercover sometimes. So. Yeah. But, yeah. So, had a good time. Yeah. Anything else? Want to uh, grill her about? I think we covered it. Yeah. I mean, just for those of, the, of you that do not know Kim Smee, I hope you listen and yeah. get to know her because uh, she's a pretty interesting person. I can't wait to volunteer at an event. We're, oh, we're going to hold you to that. Yeah. That's why I was asking, what's the next event? Listen. Well, the next one we host will be Open Cup. Open Cup. <laughs> I mean, what's that? You can, do, you can do parking and tell people that they can't park where they want to park. That's the most You're going to get me in a fight. <laughs> yeah. I think you he would enjoy Do you have enjoy. any experiences this weekend with parking? No, I didn't mess with parking, thankfully. I didn't have to. Steve, Steve Green took care yeah. of all that. But, um, 7.15 in the morning, telling people that they can't park where they want to park. It's just not, not in a good thing. No. no. I think he would enjoy field marshal. He could watch soccer. Yeah. And, you know, field marshal. That sounds important. So it, is, it is. It's very important. You got a radio. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> I can talk. Yeah. Give me a mic. Yeah, that's awesome. You could so. commentate the game, I guess, that you're watching. <laughs> yeah, that's entertaining. No, I think that's good. Yep. Yeah, I appreciate Kim coming on. Yeah, good to have you. Thanks for I was hoping me. you'd bring some UC gear because Daniel didn't. Well, he, he actually had, he messaged me on Twitter um, a couple weeks ago and said, I got you a T-shirt. It's a large. I said, man. Oh. I got I mean, the same message. That I'm a big boy. I'm, I'm, he said, I'm you said extra. large, right? now. I said, no extra large. In <laughs> I never heard from him since. <laughs> he said, he said, oh, sorry, I don't have X. I don't have XL. I was like, well, no rush, buddy. But when you do get one, I'd love it. Yeah, when you make that next order, Daniel. Yeah. Thank you, your boys. I'll That's remind right. him. Yeah. So quit eating all the Chick-fil-A, too. So. <laughs> but... Uh, Again, we want to thank Kim for joining us here on the Biscuits, Brews, and Ball, Pass, ball Podcast. Excuse me. Wow, I'll get it out. But it, uh, yeah, it, 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 it. no do-overs. But uh, you can listen on Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts. Also over on YouTube and Video Productions YouTube. You can watch it there. But again, we want to thank Kim. Thank uh, Brian. About time we get back together. I know, man. It's been a, since been busy. Permit. I know. Yeah, well, it's all right. We got it done. Soccer tournaments. Yeah. Baseball, softball, life. Life. <laughs> yeah. But uh, thanks for coming on. Thanks I've for enjoyed it, me. Uh, getting to know you. And uh, good luck at uh, West Virginia Football Club, F U T B O L. You can check them out where at on Facebook? Facebook and Instagram. And I think we have a TikTok now. Whoa. There is a TikTok, according there's to Randy. There's a Twitter account, too. Twitter account? Yeah. And Twitter. I don't know yeah. who has the Twitter account. So Facebook. <laughs> TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter. That's right. There you go. For all the latest information on West Virginia Football Club, you can keep up with them right there. So that'll do it. Again, we want to thank everybody for joining us right here on the Biscuits, Brews, and Ball Ball Podcast. I'm still trying to get it out, Brian. (laughs) Until next time, see ya.